Good evening, Sailor fans. Welcome to the Curtain Call Podcast. I'm Jeffrey Benedict here with my co-host, as always, Shannon White. Which side are you on, Shannon? You're that side. How you doing, Shannon? I'm doing awesome. Is it hot where you are? Oh, it's it's 90. The sun is setting. It's 91 degrees outside. It's muggy. Yeah, it's hot. It was about it was about four. It was about five or six degrees cooler inside. Uh, <laughs> but I have to I have to close the doors, turn the fan off, and turn the lights on for the podcast. So I'm I'm going to be roasting here today. <laughs> You'll be but you know balls. what? It's okay. It's okay. We're talking football, right? Yes. We're having a good time talking Steelers. Lots of news today. Well, mm-hmm. not a lot. One one major news bit today. <laughs> Minka Fitzpatrick signs. Let me see if I can get these numbers right. It is a five-year contract because he still has one year left. So it's mm-hmm. essentially four years added on to the one year he has left. Those four years, he gets $72 million, roughly. It's a little, mm-hmm. it's like I think it might be a little over that, but right around $72 million. He's the highest paid safety. In NFL history, beating Jamal Adams was like 17.5. So he's almost a million dollars more than Jamal Adams mm-hmm. got. Uh, what do you what do you think of the contract, Shannon? Oh, I, I'm really happy. I'm thrilled. It, it, I seem to think today that the Steelers have the number one most expensive defense and the 32nd most expensive offense, which makes total sense. Now that Ben's contract's off the books, for all intents and purposes, you're going to one, you want to build around that defense as your offense, you implement this new offense. And so the stronger the defense can be, the better. And Fitzpatrick, when they traded for him, this is a trade that they give up a first round pick and what they give up that was totally worth it. It was a deal, actually. Mm-hmm. And you know, he's the highest paid safety for probably two, three weeks because you got two guys coming up behind him that they're going to use him as the barometer and they're going to try to get more. But so really the Steelers probably by signing him early saved themselves a couple million dollars over the life of the contract at least. So I think, you know, he's an excellent player and I think it was a great decision. And those are the kind of guys you want to build this new generation. You want to build around. Yeah. I, I absolutely agree when you look at the difference he made on this defense i actually went through the numbers and i looked at the difference he made and how many games i mean obviously you can't predict the difference between a player being there and not but in 2019 there were five games where it was where the difference you could directly put on him right from intercepting a pass in the end zone and then taking it back out, you know, stopping the touchdown against the Colts, scoring touchdowns, a uh, number of drives where he intercepted, set the Steelers up, and they scored a touchdown with Mason Rudolph and Devlin Hodges at quarterback, right? <laughs> the, the number of games you could directly say the difference he made in that game was the difference in that game was five. And yeah. if you took five wins away from an eight and eight team, you have a three mm. and 13 team. I believe mm-hmm. the Steelers. The way I had it there, I believe the Steelers would have ended up with the third or fourth pick in the NFL draft. And my argument mm-hmm. was still worth it. If you can trade the third round, the third pick overall in the NFL for what we've gotten from Minka Fitzpatrick, you do it every time. And that's that's where mm-hmm. I think he's worth. So the Steelers paying him this money. Uh I, I thought I saw someone someone had it written somewhere that they have 
Minka Fitzpatrick and TJ Watt together guaranteed for the next three seasons. Like mm-hmm. you absolutely have them for the next three seasons, no matter what. That's phenomenal. You've got to rebuild the defensive line. Cameron Hayward, hopefully he's still playing at this level for the next three years. But it's unlikely. (laughs) It's (laughs) unlikely. Hopefully hopefully he can be the Tom Brady of the defensive line. And we've got another decade coming (laughs) of Cameron Hayward. That's, I mean, that's the ideal scenario there. But it's it's unlikely. They're going to have to do other things. Having that safety, having that pass rusher, this defense is set up to be great for quite a number of years now. And that gives Matt Canada and his offense time to develop. Yeah, the, the that I don't know if it was his first game against the 49ers in San Fran. Mm-hmm. He I was blown away. Yeah. I mean, I'd watched him with Miami some. He didn't, he didn't, he was not that dominant. He wasn't no. that impactful. But soon as they put him in the Steelers defense, he made plays that game. The Steelers defense put them in great position to score three times in the first uh half. They couldn't yep. score. If they get a score touchdown, they win that game. But mm-hmm. he 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 made so much of an impact. And then your article, you and uh, KT's articles about the three safety looks and the versatility and the creativity that that gives Terrell Austin and Brian Flores, and what they can do uh, with because Kazee is such a great deep safety, and that's something the Steelers haven't had for forever, yeah. and. Fitzpatrick can do it, but it's not even because he's probably better than him at playing yep. that deep safety. And yep. it's going to free up Fitzpatrick, good Lord willing, to get back to his ball hawking ways. And it'll put Edmonds back in his comfort zone as kind of a hybrid linebacker. It, it's, it's brilliant. It was the most underrated signing of the Steelers free agency period because of yeah, the, I- impact, the impact he could make. Yeah, and I agree with you. And I also think re-signing Edmonds for the deal they got him for mm-hmm. allows them to get a DeMonte Kazi, and they got him for not too much. Mm-hmm. But those two players combined are going to, like you said, free up Minka to be Minka, right? You don't have to be the in-the-box guy. We got Edmonds for that. You don't have to always be the deep safety guy. We got Kazi for that. When you go nickel, when you go dime, you can free him up to move all over the mm-hmm. place. And do just absolutely be a nightmare for defenses the way Troy Polamalu was because Troy didn't have to be the deep <laughs> zone guy. Troy didn't have to be at a certain spot. He was allowed yeah. to flow. When you are the free safety, you have a very specific job. Mm-hmm. Be the back end of the defense, right? You can't roam. You have to. You have to play that role. Let Minka roam. Let him set him free. Set him loose. Let him do his thing. I, it's a great way to invest in a player. And basically, yeah, they've made three investments in Minka Fitzpatrick by re-signing Terrell Edmonds, signing DeMonte Kazi, and then giving him this contract. They have made a major mm-hmm. investment mm-hmm. in Minka Fitzpatrick. Man, I, I can't wait to see how it pays off. I've I've always been – I like to see the guys, the best players make the most money. You know, that that's the thing that, that – if, if you look at what Fitzpatrick, what his specialties are, what his skill sets are, last year he was asked to do something totally different out yeah. of his comfort zone. He led the the all the NFL, uh, the, the secondary guys, in tackles. Yeah. 126, I think it was. 
I mean, yeah. he's when you think when you think Fitzpatrick, you don't think you know this guy's a, is a a multi, um, you know, is a, a volume tackler. No, you know that that I would you say Edmonds maybe, yeah, but you don't think that. But he had to do that last year, and he sacrificed, yeah. and he didn't whine. Did, did nope. I, if he did, I didn't see it on social media him whining about. Well, I'm, I mean, I can't get all the interception in the place place because I'm having to cover everybody else's responsibility. He never went. He didn't make excuses. He just said, we got to get better. So, hey, he earned it. When a guy earns it, T.J. Watt earned it before the contract and he earned it last year. I think oh, yeah. Fitzpatrick will do the same thing. I Everybody's like, well, you don't want these guys to get paid, you know, guaranteed. Hey, I have no problem when the guy's earned it. Nope. You know, I don't like to see guys who haven't earned it get paid prematurely. So yeah. this was a great contract. Yep. I, I got to bring up this comment because it's something that something we haven't brought up here that is very relevant here. Brian Brown on YouTube says the pass breaks up in the end zone against the, he says buzzards <laughs> being the Ravens. Yeah, yeah. Come on. You know, I, I read that. I'm like, yeah. Like, cause I remember that yeah. I've done film rooms on those plays just coming in there and crashing into people and being like, mm-hmm. Nope, he got the ball. He was playing the ball. The, like it was clean. Oh, I love it, man. The, Minka Fitzpatrick is a game-changing player. Mm-hmm. TJ Watt is a game-changing player. Cameron Hayward, game-changing mm-hmm. player. Guys like that, you keep around. You can oh, let yeah. as much as I loved him, as much as I love Bud Dupree. I huge Bud Dupree fan. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He was expendable. Terrell Edmonds. You can let a Terrell Edmonds walk, right? Mm-hmm. If he's if he can't, if he can find a better deal elsewhere. The guys you don't let walk mm-hmm. are your game-changing players. Your TJ Watts, your Minka Fitzpatrick's, you keep them because they turn losses into wins. The way the way Troy Polamalu would turn a loss into a win on a, on a absolutely massively huge play that the, the the stuff he did against Baltimore in the playoffs. You know, we can remember that. Those are the players mm-hmm. you keep. Minka Fitzpatrick, TJ Watt haven't had the best chances to do that in the playoffs yet. You know, we'll, hopefully we give them those chances. Hopefully we do. But that it's a great signing. I don't. I, I can't imagine too many people are opposed to it. If if you look at the best defenses throughout NFL history, but what to say in the modern era? Every defense had, like you say, a game changer at every level of the defense. Yep. You have it on the defensive line. You have you know at least one. You have it in the linebackers, and you have it in the secondary. Uh, that's why we talked earlier that I would have loved to see the Steelers if they was one available at the right price, get a number one corner, because yeah. I think that would have put that defense over the top. I like the, what they got now. They got probably three or four quality number two guys, but they don't have the true one, which we kind of can say that about the wide receivers until somebody steps up and says, Hey, I'm wide receiver one. But yeah. as you say, you pay, you don't. You cannot afford to develop a guy like Cam Hayward. Mm-hmm. Uh, what and then see them benefit somebody else because over a little bit of money. Yep. When you've invested that much in them, you make sure you keep them in house. Absolutely, absolutely. And I want to point out this one thing for people looking at the size of Minka Fitzpatrick's contract: the Browns are going to be paying <laughs> Denzel Ward, cornerback Denzel Ward. Who's a fine cornerback? Mm-hmm. Twenty million dollars a season, one point six million more 
then the Steelers are going to pay Minka Fitzpatrick. It's it's easier. Yeah, but what are they going to be? One corner. What are they going to be said? paying Deshaun Watson? Oh, I know, right? <laughs> I know. Right? I thought that's like, what you was going to say. Yeah, but I no, I was I was just keeping it to like their best secondary player is a cornerback. Yeah. It is easier yeah. to avoid a number one corner. Yeah. Right. You yeah. could put Chase Claypool over on Denzel Ward and just have him run deep routes all day and yeah. never throw to him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just be like, you just go, just go. You're up the sideline, and the the rest we're doing, we're playing ten on ten. Yeah. If you really wanted to, you can do that with a number one corner. The way this defense looks to be set up for 2022, you will not be able to do that with Minka Fitzpatrick. Mm-mm. They can move Minka Fitzpatrick where they want him. They can show him over here and move him someplace else. You're going to have to find where he is in order to avoid him. And I love that because that just buys time. That Mm -hmm. buys half a second. And, man, you give T.J. Watt half a second, and he'll give you a sack record. That's that's what that dude does. Am I wrong to believe that he's going to break it this year? I I can't help it. I I can't help it. I feel like he's going to break it. I no, oh, I I don't want to say it. <laughs> I feel like there's the same. Like if he is on track to break it, uh, I'm gonna be so scared that he's gonna get hurt. Because yeah, it's just something yeah. that you know. It's just it's one of those things that doesn't happen. You don't record two two thousand yard you know rushing seasons or two thousand yard receiving seasons in a row. You just don't do it. Something here's, will here's stop my you. reason. Here's my reason why. The okay. only logic I can give you is if the run defense is better. There's oh going to be more second and long and third down passing. If there's more opportunities, as good as he is and relentless as he is, he could do it. But again, you know, yeah. I, I don't, I'm not trying to jinx it. I'm just saying. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Tw- I mean, 22 and a half sacks on a team that blew literally no one out. Yes. All of most of our wins came late in the fourth quarter. Nobody was throwing all over the place trying to come back against the Steelers mm-hmm. and opening themselves to taking risks of getting sacked that way. Yeah. Nobody was doing that against the Steelers. Yeah. We were the 32nd run defense in the <laughs> NFL. Teams were running. Passing teams were running on us. Mm-hmm. The Kansas City Chiefs came in, and they ran the ball because yeah. they knew, yeah. like, that's how you beat it. And T.J. Watt had 22 and a half sacks. <laughs> you give this man 17 games. You give him an offense that actually can can take a lead when the defense sets him up to do it. You give him a defense that can stop the run reasonably mm-hmm. enough to put the team in more long distance situations. What what can he do in that? Like this was not this was not the season. You get twenty two and a half sacks and TJ exactly. got twenty. And he missed two full games. And he missed. And he was injured and went one hundred percent in at least two games. Yep. I mean, that's gonna, insane. It, it like, what you brutal. said earlier. They was games I'd be like, thank the Lord. This is one of the worst Russian teams, you know, coming in. This is when the Steelers run defense is going to be able to heal and jail. <laughs> this is the week. And they get 200 yards. Detroit, I think Detroit had 200 yards in the first half. Oh, it I'm was like, awful. what the heck's going on? They suck. Yeah, but it was They awful. couldn't stop anybody. No. And then you'd have the guys just – Jogging downfield behind the play, you're like, well, I ain't nothing I can do. You know, yeah. and here's Cam Hayward sprinting down through there, trying to make a tackle 20 yards downfield. I mean, if I'd have been Tomlin or 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 Butler, I'd have lost my mind. Yeah. Uh they would have been some guys that would have they could have took their time and rested, done all that on the bench. 
there were some there were some clips of Cameron Hayward yelling to people. Oh, I know. Like yeah. there were some clips of him being like, oh. like the exaspiration on his face where he's oh, just yeah. like, come on. <laughs> like, I can't do this all myself. Yeah. And the other team was like, well, you kind of are. I mean, it's <laughs> you, TJ. You're kind of doing it all. Yeah. Oh, man. All right. We do we do have things to talk about other than Minka Fitzpatrick mm-hmm. and, and, of course, TJ Watt. Uh, mm-hmm. We need to talk about the Steelers' seventh-round picks. Mm-hmm. We're going to start with someone near and dear to Shannon's heart here, running back, turned linebacker, Mark Robinson. Now. I don't want to just ask you to talk about Mark Robinson, Shannon. I want you to tell me why Mark Robinson is your Isaac Redman Award nominee for the 2022 season. Go. You must have read my article. I, I, <laughs> yep. You know, when it comes to Mark Robinson, you can't stop him. You can only hope to contain him. When, when they picked him, I was like, who? You know, I mean, I wanted a linebacker. Remember, I was wanting him to take a, yep. a new book linebacker in the first three rounds. And they take this guy. So I'm like, I don't know who that is. Just being honest. And I look it up and I'm like, 5'11", 235 pounds, and seventh round pick. And I'm like, okay. And I started doing a little research. And I'm like, he's a converted running back. I said, this is another one of these project guys, you know, that – uh, Justin Lane and these guys, but in the seventh round, it's probably worth it. Started watching game film, anything I can find. And and now this is a guy that's, that played linebacker in high school. So that's it. In the SEC, the best conference in college football, going up against future NFL, plenty of future NFL athletes every week. Now we watched Bush and Schobert last year, hesitate, come in to try to avoid contact, absorb the blow, get get caught up in the wash, and get, just get flown totally out of the play and didn't even try to get back into the play, which is not how a Steeler linebacker behaves. And it drove me crazy, as you know. Watching Mark Robinson, he plays linebacker like a running back. And what I mean by that is his contact balance is superb. He's aggressive. He looks for the same hole that that running back's looking for. And his instincts from playing running back transition to playing middle linebacker or inside linebacker and that he knows what the running back's thinking. So when he comes up and he meets the blocker, whether it's a fullback or whether it's the guard, he he knows how to get small in the hole like a good running back mm-hmm. does. And he deflects the blow by dipping the shoulder or you know extending his forearm, whatever it is, to where he could keep his momentum going, moving forward, moving towards where the running back's going to go. He doesn't get stalemated. When you're 235 pounds going up against a 300-some-pound guy and you try to absorb that blow, you either got to deliver the blow and knock the guy back on his haunches a little bit. You can't absorb it because you're done. That means you're yeah. done. That plays over for you. He is great at getting low, a bend. If it's an outside guy, we say they got bend. He has that, and he stays up. He doesn't get on the ground. Of all this, he's taking these blows together, and he's getting really low to the ground without ending up on the ground. Therefore, he can still engage in the tackle with him. It's a natural thing. It's an it's an 
I don't want to say instinctual, but it's something that the best ones have that can't be taught. You could coach a lot of things, you know, with the black and the block and shed and, and the tackling dummies. Mm-hmm. And but what he has is something that's very natural. And I watch it, and I watched a lot of these guys that I wanted them to take early that did not have that level, that special ability, that contact balance. Then you start looking at his numbers, his athletic scores. And it just becomes more and more fascinating that on a team in desperate need of physicality and inside linebacker at the buck linebacker, and we're counting on Buddy Johnson. And I want Buddy Johnson to do great. But Buddy Johnson is a good enough athlete, and so is Mark Robinson, that they can do what teams like Tampa Bay's done with Devin White and uh, David, Monte David, or whatever his name, first name is. Yep. Uh, yeah, they are very athletic, and they're kind of interchangeable. And that's where the NFL is going. Well, if you look at a Buddy Johnson and a Mark Robinson, if they both pan out, they have that same type of athleticism. But I am intrigued by Mark Robinson. I want him to be really good on special teams. Please, please, please. I don't want him to go and then try to sneak him on the practice squad because he won't make it. If he's as good as I think he is, and he makes that another huge leap like he made in his senior year at Ole Miss, he could be the answer, not this year, but the next year. He could be an answer at that inside linebacker position because everybody knows how little faith I have in Bush. I'm not saying, you know, I don't agree with everything Merle Hodge said, but I, I mean, listen, you can tell if a guy's trying. You can tell. I mean, mm-hmm. it wasn't his movement. It late into your Bush, his movement returned. But mm-hmm. that desire, that willing to to put his nose in there and, and take the big hit to try to, you know, bounce off and make a tackle, he just didn't do it. And and then jogging downfield after running plays, um, that stuff drives me crazy. And if you watch Mark Robinson, he's full bore, whistle to whistle. Now I know I've got excited. And I apologize, <laughs> but but oh uh, no, no reason to apologize. Yes, man. I am. I am pushing in for the Isaac Redman Award. I think it'd be a great thing if he wins it. And uh, uh, but I, I'm gonna be honest about it. You know how he actually plays and all. But but I see a lot of potential there. And I'm gonna digress now. I'm gonna digress. Yeah, he won. He won me over one of the plays that really stood out to me because I got to do his film room covering his college tape. Uh, one of the plays that stood out to me, he was on the running back. The running back stays in the block, right? He's just manned up on the running back on a passing play. When the running back stays in the block, he turns into a blitzer, just a simple green dog blitz. Mm-hmm. Your, your, your man stays in, so you add on and rush the passer. The offensive lineman's butt and the shoulders are like here, mm-hmm. right? The running back's like this far away just backs up right here. There's barely any room. Mark Robinson rushes where his shoulder is inches. Mm-hmm. maybe less than inches away from that offensive lineman, just run right mm-hmm. through like it was nothing. Mm-hmm. Linebackers typically mm-hmm. stay as far away from blockers as they can. That's their job. Don't mm-hmm. get, you know, don't get that guy grabbing you. Mark Robinson with his history as a running back slips through creases. He doesn't mm-hmm. run through gaps. He slips through creases, went straight around tight as can be fitting, mm-hmm. like just running right smoothly past those guys in between a space that really he shouldn't have been able to rush through. Mm-hmm. And he's on the quarterback for a sack. That play won me over to him. Uh, some of his run reads, man, the dude, the dude just sees where the ball is going. Mm-hmm. He just kind of knows he can read the leverage. He can read the crease and just go where the play is going. 
fantastic running back vision for a, for a linebacker. The problem with him is the man can't cover. Mm-mm. In man defense, if you're a running back that's not a good <laughs> receiving running back, yeah. he can cover you. He mm-hmm. can just stay with you and be like, you're right here, and I'm like within arm's length of you and kind of keeping my hand on you. Mm-hmm. We're good. I'm on you. Zone, he was like, he'd drop back and be like, show me where <laughs> I need to go and I'll go. And he would wait till the ball got thrown to move. Mm-hmm. Like it, it was bad. Mm-hmm. Not not NFL caliber at all. Right. No, no. But that's why I, I really I think he has a shot at being like the Isaac Redmond award guy. Because if you go into preseason and you say, hey, this is all we're gonna do, you are in man defense on that running back. If that running back stays in, you blitz. If he comes out, you cover him. If it's a run play, go light somebody up. Mark Robinson is going to look like a stud if they give him just that role, right? Mm -hmm. That's all you have to do. He's going to look great. He's going to provide, hopefully, provide some real real highlights, something really flashing potential to Mm -hmm. build on, and then that'll keep him around. Cross your fingers and hope Mm -hmm. uh, that'll keep him around and give him time to learn how to cover, learn how to play the position. Because man, those instincts, that effort, the con- like you said, contact balance, yeah. phenomenal stuff. I, I love, I love the the upside potential of him, even though it's a very small chance that he makes. Yeah, yeah. And all, and, and really, in all honesty, in my opinion, you if you gave if you just, you played this out a thousand times, maybe one tenth of the time, he makes the roster. Maybe thirty percent of the time, he makes the practice squad. Guys that get picked in the seventh round with this kind of transition to make, mm-hmm. the most likely result is he's going home, right? The, the most likely result is he's going home, but he has a chance. And if he can, if he can show promise, if he can build on it, man, it could be something. It could be something nice and something special. Yeah, I keep thinking about Dumb and Dumber. So you're you're saying there's a chance, you know? But so you're I, 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 I've dumb and I'm dumb enough to say, <laughs> yeah, there is a chance. There is. Here's and the thing: you 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 can't teach the instincts he has. No, you, you can't. can't teach the contact balance. Mm-hmm. If you got it or you don't, like a being for an outside guy, there you know it's going to be a limitation if you don't have it. He has the intensity and the aggressiveness. Well, why do you pay the you know Brian Flores to work with these guys? Because they're good. Yeah, they know how yeah. to teach. They know how to coach. They know how to motivate. You know, that's the hope we have for Bush, you know, is that Flores can get through to him and bring out that fire. You know, a lot of things he showed his rookie year and even the start of the second year before his knee injury, you know, that is in there. It can come back and a guy like Flores can hopefully bring it back. But I have, I have a lot of hope that he can help Robertson because Robertson's big thing is he has no experience. Yeah. Why the things he's good at in middle linebacker is things he was good at at running back, and and they transition. Coverage is not anything that a running back can understand no. or relate to because it's not part of of his responsibilities. So yeah. it's something totally new to him. And you know, yes, in a perfect world, you can say, okay, put you on the practice squad, work with him, and then next year he can really, you know, um, and that could happen. But I'm just scared that. You know, other teams are saying what we're saying. Because, listen, if the Steelers are saying it and they took him in the seventh, other teams were probably considering it too. Yeah, And it, it's just very impressive that he did that in the SEC. I mean, if he'd have done it at 
you know, Pac-10 or something like that or Pac-12, whatever it is now, I probably wouldn't have been as impressed. But looking at the guys he went up against, there's just so much potential there. And he's such an intriguing guy. And I've just bought into the story, and I love his interviews. If you listen to him interview, he sounds like a Pittsburgh Steelers linebacker. And and I think he's got a chip. I think he's got an edge to him. And and uh, that's something that, that, boy, wouldn't that be beautiful if they can find him another, mm-hmm. you know, say Leal works out on that line, and then you, you know, Buddy Johnson pans out and 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 – Cause you can have Jack and Bush and then you can have Buddy Johnson and eventually, you know, uh, Robertson, man, you, you want that depth, you know, mm-hmm. that's important. Cause guys get dinged up. They miss game here and game here. So you, you'd love to have that depth. Oh, you love the competition, man. Yeah. yeah. If, if you put Buddy Johnson and Mark Robin and say, one of you guys is making the roster, get out there and win it. You yeah. know, that's, I, I hope they push each other. I hope they, mm-hmm. they make mm-hmm. it tough. I hope I hope Marcus Allen is out there sweating and working just to keep trying, you know, make sure he keeps his spot in that nice contract he got. He's not going to get any money of it if he gets cut, right? That's, you know, you didn't mm-hmm. get guaranteed mm-hmm. money. You didn't get a big deal. It, that's, that's a player he can be cut. Uh, like, I love it. I love the competition. But can we agree? I, I do want to, I want to say something here with, uh, with Mark Robinson. I've watched James Ferry. I've watched mm-hmm. Lawrence Timmons. I've seen Devin Bush. I've watched a lot of great linebackers. The almost premonition style way Mark Robinson moves to where the ball is going mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. is like Ray Lewis level. Right? There's a lot of parts right. of his game that aren't good. Mm-hmm. But there are certain parts that he has that you're just like you that's elite level except right? that that yes. run play reading is elite level top tier level and man if he can put the rest together enough to make the roster mm-hmm. he could be a special player but that's i mean you've got to put that together like we've seen that before though like if you remember Gerard Holloman incredible ball mm-hmm. skills couldn't put any of the rest of it together out of the NFL right away. No speed. Saying that, saying that, right? That he has that trait that is that kind of elite level trait doesn't mean he's going to make it. It just means if he can put the rest of it together, he has something that could make him a really good player. Yeah, something to build on. Because we've talked, you talked about Holloman, and and a lot of these guys that are really instinctual, it's because they're not very athletic. And that's yeah. what kills them. That's why they don't make it because the, 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 the weaknesses, their athletic weaknesses is too much to overcome. You can't say that about Mark Robinson. He is mobile. He has, you know, good speed. He has good lateral quickness. He, you know, he has one thing for playing running back. He is a good athlete. And then when you combine those instincts, what he doesn't have is experience, but there is something yeah. to work with and something to build on. But I, what I was going to ask there a second ago is, can we kind of all agree that the Marcus Allen experiment in inside linebacker is over? I mean, I, I like I don't Marcus think we Allen, can. but I like Marcus Allen, but he just is not an inside linebacker. I mean, some guys yeah. are hybrids, and they could do both adequately. I see him as a rangy, bigger safety, a strong safety. I always did. Um, 
but I just do not see him as a hybrid linebacker. So I when, when I he's agree in the game, I don't see anything he does special. Other than he I knows agree. what he's supposed to do, but that doesn't mean he does it because yeah. I don't think he has the speed to do what he is mind telling you. He's another guy that I think his athleticism is holding him back. Yeah, I, I can agree with you. I don't know why he's there, but he's making more money. They just signed him. They just signed him to a contract bigger than what they gave Terrell Edmonds. Mm. They weren't blowballing <laughs> Marcus Allen. He was a guy they prioritized. He was a quick signing, and they signed him for, in my opinion, higher than his market value. I don't mm-hmm. know why, but they did. I, I've read some articles where he is like, people have said he's really a big part of the locker room, really big part of practices and training camp, keeping people hyped up, keeping people gold, going, holding people accountable to their to their mm-hmm. jobs and their work ethic and stuff, which you know what? If he makes other players that are better than him, better players by being on the roster, okay, I get it. But his play on the field, uh, I, I do want to address this one. Uh, I want to address this comment real quick. Uh, Mirna, Jane, and Bert, I hope I'm saying your name correctly there, on Facebook say, Farrier was very instinctive. He was. Farrier yeah. mm-hmm. read plays brilliantly. He, In my opinion, he was the only reason he's not up for all the Hall of Fame is because he played in the same division as Ray Lewis. He was mm-hmm. a phenomenal Hall of Fame level linebacker in the specific skill set of seeing an offensive line start to block and understanding directly where the running back's pole is going to be, Mark Robinson is ahead of James Ferrier in that very narrowly defined, you know, area, Mm -hmm. right? He is ahead of even James Ferrier. And James Ferrier was incredible. That's why I say his Mark Robinson is at an incredible level. He's elite Mm -hmm. level in that. That is something you rarely see. Another one I really want to quickly cover is this. Sherry Richards also on Facebook says Vince Williams really <laughs> couldn't cover well either. Vince Williams was a phenomenal zone coverage player if you go from the neck up. Mm-hmm. He was absolutely incredible. The problem is he couldn't change directions quickly. Mm-hmm. He couldn't accelerate quickly. The like he could hit people, but he he was it was all neck up. It was all his awareness. It was all him watching the play. Some he knew where he should go, he just couldn't get there, mm-hmm. right? Like he couldn't always yeah. get there fast enough. But Vince Williams, if you could give him a small zone assignment, is brilliant. His his work, uh, I, I did a film room once where he navigated three different routes running through his zone because they the offense saw him out mm-hmm. there and were like, We're going after Vince, mm-hmm. and they did. And he navigated three different zones and broke up a pass, three different routes. Brilliant player doesn't have the agility or the quickness to cover well. Just wanted to cover that. Okay. Oh, yeah. The the thing about it is, is they always said that Vince Williams is brilliant in coverage as a blitzer. It's yeah. like, oh, guys, okay, he's out here. He's trapped. We got to do coverage. Blitzing. Because he was a good pass rusher. Good blitzer. Oh, yeah. Very physical. I mean, running backs hated to see him coming. If they were kept mm-hmm. in for protection, they never stoned him. I can't remember oh. running back and blocked him one-on-one. He always I, put the guy on the ground and got to the quarterback. Mm-hmm. At least the pressure. You had, you had running backs like reaching out, grabbing for his ankles. Reaching yeah, out, yeah. Grab, trying to hold him because yeah. he was just like, hmm. He was that physical. Way, son. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But, you know, he's talking about, about Marcus Allen. And 
you know, what you said about Marcus Allen is very true. I'm not saying he doesn't have value, but isn't he the Joshua Dobbs of the defense then? Yeah. You know, Dobbs was more valuable for his brain and mm-hmm. what he meant to the quarterback position, you know, the, another set of eyes on the sidelines because he was brilliant. That sounds like that's what Marcus Allen means to the defense. But it, you okay. know, if you're not talented enough to be in there directing people and getting them in the right position and doing that, it if it it limits his value. And if you have a young guy like a Mark Robinson, uh, Buddy Johnson, you know you can't keep him over one of those guys because they just have more potential. They are true inside linebackers. The value the value of Josh Dobbs was he was the guy who could take the little screen, show the stuff, and go talk to Ben. And yeah, tell yeah. Ben stuff Ben didn't see. And be like, look, Ben, the defense is lined up like this. They're doing this. Because Ben was a guy, go out, see where the guys are, make plays. That's that's what he did, right? Josh was more the analytical dude, but he could talk to Ben. That was his value. If Marcus Allen has that kind of value, and they keep him around for it, okay. I just – I you got to think someone else could bring that and also have – Actual value, you know, have actual value on the field. I don't know. I, I don't know. They like, they seem to like Marcus Allen. Hopefully it works out well for him. I'm not going to hate on Marcus Allen, but man. No, no, I don't either. Yeah. He's kind of a, him, he's another, like, like a guy that we both loved and wanted the best for and thought was going to be really good. Ulysses Gilbert the third. Yeah. Who's just, he looked so good, got injured came back, started looking good, got injured again, mm-hmm. and has never been back up. There's been rumors he doesn't quite grasp the playbook, stuff like that. There's been mm-hmm. rumors, but nothing verified. He's a guy, you just don't know. why He's sticking around, but he never really puts it together. There's guys like that that kind of that stay on the Steelers. Him him and Allen, they, they, they don't want to see the Turk at all this training camp. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, they, they don't want to because they're both uh, in danger. And, you know, and I love Ulysses Gilbert to third, but but they're in danger. <laughs> I'm sorry, I just read this. I see that. Ryan yeah, Brown on yeah. YouTube says Joshua Dobbs, the Browns' new starter. Not going there. We're not going there, Brian. But that would be hilarious. <laughs> that would be hilarious. Oh, you know what? If Josh Dobbs started and the Browns were winning games, even yeah. like in like. 2019 when Mason Rudolph and, and Devlin Hodges before the end of the season there were just like what the uh before the end when Devlin Hodges lost the final two games they were eight and four in the middle 12 games of the season those two players were eight and four if Josh Dobbs and the Cleveland Browns went on like an eight and four run with yeah. him at quarterback even if he wasn't playing well I'd be okay with it. I'd be like go Josh Dobbs I mean yeah. if he beat the you, Steelers I'd be him. like yeah I'd be like dang yeah, it Josh yeah. Don't don't beat us. Don't beat the Steelers. But if he if he went out there and ball, I couldn't even I couldn't even hate it. I'd be like, go for it. You have to. This is a hilarious situation. And all I'll say is, this is like a guy who has a great girlfriend, and she's loyal and she's wonderful, and but he sees this this girl that's just so beautiful, and he's infatuated, and he cheats and dumps his faithful little girl for this beautiful girl that he's so infatuated with. And then about eh, two, three weeks later, he realizes, uh-oh. And then yeah. he's going back. And in this case, it's the Browns going back saying, hey, Baker, man, 
we really did love you, man. It was, it was just, you know, you, you know, we All know you, we know you played through that injury and, and, you know, we kind of made a mistake. You think he's going to be like, yeah, sure. I'll play for you. No. But if, unless something changes, that is a cluster. I mean, oh, it, it is, it is just a, yeah, it, it, you know, the mistake by the lake, that's been a joke our whole life. This is the ultimate. If, yeah. if something, if it keeps going like it's going. And the great thing was, this was like, this is their peak. Yeah. This is yeah. like their best chance to really be something. They're going to waste like the the last of the prime years of Nick Chubb. They're going to waste all this team that they built, this offensive line, all this mm-hmm. stuff. Jadavion Clowney and Miles Garrett, all this stuff together. They're going to waste it all. They're going to mm-hmm. waste it all on this on this gambit with, with Deshaun Watson. Oh, Did my you goodness. say... When the charges were, they weren't going to be any criminal charges uh, on the first 23 or whatever it was at that point. Yeah. Haslam, who used to be part owner of the Steelers, and his wife goes on ESPN and they're like, Well, we did our background and we, you know, we wanted, we wouldn't do anything to disgrace our franchise. And we've learned in the past how, you know, and they, they defended it. And then it was mm-hmm. like a few hours later, here's another claim. And yep. then a few and days later, and now two claim. more. And then it's like 66, you know, mm-hmm. appointments scheduled in a few months. And I don't know. It, it's crazy. It is absolutely crazy. Yep. And it sounds like that the Texans were even aware in Savani uh, hotel room. You know, it, it's going to be a big thing. It could be a big lawsuit for the NFL, at least for the Texans and for, but. You know, the, I, whoever they paid to do the background check, yeah, the Haslam should be able to sue them. Yeah, you know they didn't do the they didn't do the research themselves. They but somebody the give yeah. them some bad intel. Oh man, <laughs> it's it's gonna be fascinating. It's gonna be fat. My 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 absolute favorite, even before all that stuff, right? Even before any of this stuff was 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 coming out, Deshaun Watson has never beaten the Pittsburgh Steelers. Deshaun Watson has never beaten the Baltimore Ravens. And between those two teams, every time he faces them, he gets sacked something like six times. (laughs) And last year, the Steelers sacked Baker Mayfield in two games 13 times. 13 times. That's not Mm -hmm. Baker playing bad. That is them. That is a failure on the team. And they're like, they're going to give this guy – that much guaranteed, fully guaranteed contract. My thought when they signed him is if he doesn't get suspended, all he's got to do is get hurt. You know, if he's getting hit, like you're playing TJ Watt, you're playing all these guys, you're playing the Ravens, mm-hmm. you're playing all this. The man, like, I, I don't even, I, I, I'm not even surprised mm-hmm. that he required, in order to go to the Browns, they had to fully guarantee his contract. First off, because it's the Browns. And second yeah. off, yes. He doesn't want to play in this division. Mm-hmm. The man doesn't want to be here. Mm-mm. He doesn't want to play the Steelers. He doesn't want to play the Ravens. He hasn't enjoyed those games mm-hmm. when he's played them in the past. So I, I, I'm not, I'm not worried about Deshaun Watson, the quarterback, and the the Sean Watson, Deshaun Watson, the person is a scumbag and. I just, you, I, I am, I, I can, I can kind of enjoy the, the, the absolute mess that Cleveland has put themselves into. He's, he's okay. Let me clarify. He's either 
a scummy person, mm-hmm. right? Or worse, he's a criminal predator. Or he's a guy who's insanely dumb. <laughs> like, ridiculous levels of stupid. <laughs> like, this is all the wrong way to go about what you're trying to do. Yeah, yeah. Whatever it is you're trying to do, there's better ways to do it. There are legal ways. <laughs> Oh, it, it's, I, I just, you know, it, it could be, can do this stuff. It, it could be all three, but yeah, it could then, be. then they show oh. him at, at their camp, you know, their mini camp, mandatory mini camp. And he keeps throwing interceptions at camp and, and everything, you know, and he set out for how long now? And mm-hmm. you just, you know, you said and you're like, that was sheer desperation. Yeah. The Browns are like, well, they're so tired of being the laughing stock. That they they give that full guarantee and they it was pure de- desperation, and they might have only made it worse. Yeah. And oh, and I, you know, and, I, and I hate it for their fans because they the yeah. their fans is incredibly loyal. The fact that yeah. they have any fans shows you how loyal their fan base is. But you know, and this is this is one of the deals that if it works, you know, people will be talking, singing your praises. It'll be a, the, the next draft day movie. Kevin Costner will come back and they'll make another movie about, you know, if it, if it doesn't, it'll be the scene from Titanic two, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, uh, you know, it, it, it'll be Haslam, Haslam pushing Watson saying, there's no room for you there's out of this no franchise and watching him sink into. I'll Lake, never forget uh, you. Area I'll never ever forget you. <laughs> Oh my goodness! Oh, we're t- we're we have we have gotten off onto a tangent here today. Oh, it's my man. fault. It's my fault. Honey. No, it's okay. No, it's it's absolutely okay. It's fine. I just oh man. No, I I can tell you. I have a friend, very good friend, really good dude, uh, from Ohio. He's a lifelong Browns fan. Used to commiserate and be like, man, you know, like he he was that guy. Who'd be like, I really thought this year we were going to be different. And I'd be like, I know, man, I know you did, but that's it's the Browns. And he's like, yeah, yeah. So then the team's finally doing, and then the Deshaun Watson trade happened. He, like, he's he's a good dude. He's very he's got a very sensitive heart, and he's like, I don't know if I can even cheer for this team. Yeah, yeah. And he talked to me because I was that guy. Like we all know what happened with Ben Roethlisberger, <laughs> where you had to sit there and say, okay, yeah, yeah. If if he's not an awful criminal person. He's still, he's still a person who put himself in really dumb and bad situations. Oh, right. Yeah. yeah. Terrible. Judge. He's still that yeah. guy. And it was hard. It was hard. And, and mm-hmm. I mean, I told him like one of the best things that happened was he got married and he really Ben Ross, where you could see that point. He, he got in touch with, I think it was Ray Lewis. He was actually in touch with Ray Lewis, another person mm-hmm. who's the way they, he was living his life threatened to ruin everything for him and switched it around switched it around and the only thing you ever heard about ray lewis after the 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 murder charge the mm. guy got killed uh was you know his charities football his kids stuff like that ben made a similar transition and he and even then you could say okay you know i believe in second chances no matter what he did it's in the past he's our person mm. they're in the midst of this with deshaun watson and I'm like, I don't, I don't know what to tell you. And the way he talks, Ben even said, you know, I've made mistakes. I, I put myself into into dumb situations. He admitted mm-hmm. that. He just said it, it wasn't anything criminal. Deshaun mm-hmm. Watson's like, I've never done anything bad. Yeah, I yeah. can't talk about, I can't talk about the girls that I've gone out with because I have a girlfriend. 
and I don't want to hurt her feelings. I can't talk about this. I'm like, dude. Yeah. Like you need you have some humility, have a little self-awareness, you know, admit when you've really screwed up and you've at least really screwed up at the minimum. Yeah. You know, one thing I'll say, I have a deep respect. Everybody knows how much I love men. Nobody was a bigger influence on Man Roethlisberger than Jim Kelly. Jim Kelly said, come up here, yeah, spend some time with me and my family. They went hunting together. They did things. And Jim Kelly, he made some mistakes in his, you know, uh, cheated on his wife and different things. And as a man of faith, so is Jim Kelly, so is Ben Roethlisberger. You know, there was a lot of things that they had to come to grips with, you know, and Jim Kelly was such a mentor and a leader and all Steeler fans should love Jim Kelly because I believe the man that Ben became and is now, I wholeheartedly believe, is because a lot of it is because of the leadership and the friendship and brotherhood showed to him by Jim Kelly. So I always yeah. have a special heart place in my heart for Jim Kelly. Yeah. But he put in, I mean, I guess the bottom line we're saying here is, you know, as Steeler fans, we don't have the greatest position to judge other teams' quarterbacks no, from. No. But we saw a quarterback go through it, have some humility, mm-hmm. change his ways, change his lifestyle, change what he was doing. And by all accounts, whether you like the guy personally or not, he, he's not the person he was, yeah. right? He's, he's Rooney, in a much better place. Dan Rooney on draft yeah. line, almost traded him to the Raiders. Yep. I mean, it was that close. And he had a conversation, mm-hmm. and they said that there was tears involved about you change or you're gone. And that's how yeah. the Rooney's are. Now they're a family yeah. and they treated him like family. And I think that's why he loves them so much. But you know, they he realized, okay, I, I gotta get serious or I'm gone. And so there was humility there. There was uh understanding. I'm not seeing that out of Watson. You know, and I don't think anybody is. So yeah. uh, you know, we'll have to see what happens, but uh yeah, I mean I don't know about you, but at that night when I heard that, I wanted him gone because I have yeah. zero tolerance for that crap. And it wasn't until after I read everything that came out and I read it all and it was half of it was boring. Half of it was crazy, but I read all that crap and I realized terrible, poor taste, not criminal. And yeah. the guy needed the Lord and he needed to grow up. And thankfully I think he did both. So, and I'll leave it at that. But, uh, I know a lot of Cleveland fans and and they're ashamed right now. Yeah. A lot of Cleveland fans are ashamed right now. And like you said, yeah. I don't know if I can root for this thing. Yeah. So this is a stiller show, I know, but uh, you know, I hate it for those guys. I really do. We we got into kind of a little therapy <laughs> therapy session here. Uh kind of took a sharp left turn there on our show. Uh, but it's it's an important topic. Yes. Like the, we, we see these guys as football players first and foremost, cause we're football mm-hmm. fans, but they are human beings. Uh, so I'm, that's, that's all I got to say on that. We really, we're over time. <laughs> uh, we need to go. I'm going to, I'm going to, if you have something you want to plug, oh, you can plug it. Uh, Shannon. Um, I do have an article. I don't know if it'll post tomorrow uh, or Friday that I wrote that Mitch Trubisky might have found the NFL version of Valhalla. And if you're a Viking fan, not the Vikings, but a Viking fan of that, you know, 
Time. North culture. Exactly. Then, you know, you understand the connection to Valhalla because he went from the Chicago Bears to whereas is he's considered a bust, but he's also has to be viewed as one of the best quarterbacks in their franchise history to going to Buffalo yeah. to where he learned how things are supposed to be done. Well coached, well constructed. And now he's in the best with the best franchise in the NFL, the most stable, the best coach. And he's surrounded with the most skill position talent that he has ever had easily by far, even with the bills. So, um, yeah, I think that's a, I think everybody will enjoy that article. So keep an eye out. Yeah, this is a good one. I, I read it in our pre, oh. pre thing. I always, I read most people's articles before they publish. I just, I just do that. Uh, for me, um, I've got, a, I've got a bunch of stuff coming. I'm going on vacation next week. So I have a whole bunch of stuff coming out. Uh, just, just stay tuned for one of the things I do is I'm breaking down the Steelers, uh, recent run of leading the league in sacks and looking beyond just the fact that they led the league, but trying to find out, figure out where their sack protection should rank in history uh-huh. through all the changes and errors and all the different things where sacks were more prevalent some places and down other places and basically seeing where they are uh, compared to Steelers history and compared to NFL history. I'm still working on the NFL history one, the Steeler one I already submitted. We'll see when that comes out. But stay tuned for those. I, I really like, I thought it was a nice little view of comparing this team to Steelers history. I think I found a decent way to do it. Mm-hmm. So go ahead and uh, look for that. As always, stick with Behind the Steel Curtain, our family of podcasts. Uh, go to BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, your one-stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers. We're staying with you all this offseason. We're covering all the Steelers news, all kinds of stuff about the Minka Fitzpatrick trade, uh, the contract. <laughs> trade! Maybe I contract. <laughs> he was not traded. Oh, man. That was... Okay, all the Panic. things about the Minka Fitzpatrick contract that he just signed. <laughs> Heading towards training camp, all the news, everything you want, even during the the dead parts of the NFL season, like right now, we've got good stuff for you to read. We've got good content for you to listen to. So stick with us. Thank you all for being here. Thank you for participating in our live chat. Oh, man. Have a great week, everyone. And as always, go Steelers. Stop and check them out.